0: Uh, it's, it's gonna get real scary for a lot of people you know just just between us three up, up front you know and it's, those guys that hang out all the time or that have great chemistry off, off the field now we got it on the field and it's gonna be it's gonna be real scary for a lot of people to show. I mean after we do the walkthroughs, after we go do all the practices, you know we kind of all got that look, all got that energy all had that vibe like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna dominate. so I'm just excited I'm getting chills talking about it right now. I mean, I believe in my guys, too. We're disciplined, we play hard as well. And on top of that, we're Florida State. You know, we got a different brand and we rep it different. You know, this is a different program. We're a different school. I mean, it's just, it's just facts. So, I mean, we gotta go out there, and we gotta represent the FSU logo with pride. You know, so many people play the game with so much dominance, so much confidence, so much effort before us. And it's only right, <laughs> it's only right that, you know, we do the same what what are you hoping to accomplish between now and saturday Dominate. i mean that's what we're going to do that's what we preach every day you know you, you, you practice it so much you know we just got to go out there and perform you know and dominating is what florida state defense is about you know we just got to bring that back and we got the right dudes to do it this year a uh, bit challenge you know we got a lot of stuff to prove I, like I said before, um we here, we back, Flo Stake is back and we're gonna show that Saturday. Hey guys, it's Terrence Mann, You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dogs. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka He Dub and the How we listening to Hear the Spear. Presented by No Game Day. Go live, go Nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spirit, Go Nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spirit, presented by No Game Day. No bloody.
1: But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Prime Primetime Sanders. It's great, Dion
0: Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I could wake up to that greeting every day, man. That was awesome. Hello Noles fans, this is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on, SSOD, Florida the or Die, and go
2: Noles. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan from Here the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. It is finally game week, we've made it. It's been a long off season to me. Uh, Football is in the air. We had the Florida and Miami game on uh, Saturday, which uh, we'll talk about in just a quick second before we lead into the Boise State preview with Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. But uh, let me introduce you guys to my two co-hosts, our lead writer, Dustin Lewis, and our lead graphic designer, Fisher Adkins.
1: Game week.
2: Okay, Jesus, oh, and we just lost all listeners.
3: <laughs> I love it. That's that's the most energy Justin's brought to the
2: to the intro. Justin, finally, all it took was game week. Justin, oh,
1: whoa, 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 whoa! He just called me Justin. Uh, du- no, I said Dustin. I said Dustin. <laughs>
2: all right, so we're pretty much figuring out names here. We're gonna start arguing, but before we get into the Boise State uh, preview and a little bit of the season predictions, record prediction. Record predictions and score predictions. We're doing everything on this podcast. What are y'all's thoughts uh, about the Florida Miami game?
1: I mean, it was it was a train wreck. What I'm, can you? I mean, it was. I mean, dude, yeah. that was. It was honestly. It was fun to watch college football. Yeah, it was a really. It was entertaining. Uh, it was entertaining, but it, the the quali- I just want to the quality of football was pretty poor. I mean, Miami gave up 10 sacks. I think Florida had less than 50 total rushing yards. Felipe tossed some picks while punting the ball into the stands. I mean, you know, your typical Saturday. Yeah.
2: Fisher?
3: Well, I would have loved, not loved, it's not the right word to use, but kind of wanted to see Miami get the win for the sake of the ACC, but um, I, I think it was still a pretty ideal outcome considering both teams just looked so bad um you know florida getting the win and people are still questioning like who decided to put them in the top 10 like who mm. thought that was a good idea so uh it's pretty great to see felipe franks make a fool of himself with the uh, i do this and then throwing a pick um miami just being miami so um yeah. all in all you know just really fun to, to kick back and and uh look at two pretty bad football teams um so, uh, it's, it's pretty like, much like <laughs> if, if Florida state can get the win against Boise state, there's going to be a lot of fun talking on Twitter.
2: Yeah, no, there is. Uh, it was pretty much like watching the two sisters fight each other, grabbing their hair.
4: Ow, ow, ow. And
2: then you have Felipe Franks punt the ball into the stands. Uh, so it was a good. perfect, good
1: perfect timing. Uh, but I remember yeah, last podcast, sorry, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. I remember last podcast, I talked about, uh, like Felipe being from McCullough and like having some respect for local quarterbacks, but man, <laughs> what was that guy doing on? What was that guy doing on Saturday?
2: I don't know. The cat, well, like then they they ran a feature before the game too, sitting down and he said, you know, I don't regret what I did, you know, hushing my own fan base, but I I wouldn't do it again. And I was like, okay, maybe he's matured a little bit. And then uh, he throws a pick, and then they end up winning the game though. And then he runs and to the end zone there and punts the ball into the
1: stands and is chirping into the crowd. <laughs> well, even what? before that, I think during the, the third quarter, Florida scored a touchdown to, to go up and the, the camera was over like behind the Gators bench on the sideline. And Felipe like came up in front of the camera and was like, y'all can't play with me. Some, some crap like that. This is what I, I was do. like, dude, get on the bench and go talk about what your offense is doing. Don't get over here at the camera during the middle of the damn game. What's what's crazy too is like, like Miami allowed ten
3: sacks and still should have won the game. Like mm-hmm. they missed the twenty eight yarder, so they would have been up or they would have been down by like one. They were in position to kick another field goal at the end of the game, so like Miami should have won that game, even considering how bad. Like they gave up ten sacks and still should have won. So you
1: know, it was weird football.
3: It's it fun watching Florida be Florida. Yeah, even though one, but. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that game is behind us. It is now Florida State's week. It is game week, week one for uh, college football. I'm going to go ahead and send you now to what everybody wants to hear about, the Florida State versus Boise State preview and also some season predictions with Tashan from TheAthletic.com. Hope you guys enjoy. going on guys we are here now to preview a little bit of the boise state game and look at the rest of the season for florida state with us tonight our guest Tashawn reed from the athletic how you doing man
4: good man good how about you
2: busy 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 i'm sure you know
4: (laughs) yeah it's pretty hectic time of year
2: how many pieces have you had to drop in the last week you think
4: Uh, I've ridden every day the past week, I believe.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Non-stop. Well, finally, let's see, we got four days, we're recording this on Tuesday night, so we're getting pretty close. Uh, If this storm doesn't ruin it all, uh, (laughs) we might have a game to go to. (laughs) We might have been doing this all for nothing this whole week. Uh, But uh, we're going to just preview a little bit of... Boys, the Boise State game and do some season uh, record predictions. We'll give our score predictions at the end of this, too. Uh, but I want to go ahead and ask uh, you, Dustin, first. What is, like, the biggest storyline that intrigues you uh, heading into the 2019 season after Florida State didn't make a bowl game last year, lost to both the rivals, and went 5-7? and seven?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, just moving away from, from that point and just looking at a guy – who missed most of the season last year and who hasn't really been able to contribute much during his time at Florida State yet is former five-star prospect, Kalon Laybourne. And obviously, Laybourne signed with Florida State during the 2017 signing class. He redshirted as a true freshman. He finally got an opportunity to step on the field last year, had an electric catch-and-run against Virginia Tech, and then the second game of the season dislocates his kneecap on a kickoff return against Sanford. So... Mm -hmm. He's, he's recovered during the offseason, really attacked rehab. He's looked fully healthy during practices, really testing out that knee that he injured uh, in 2018. So I'm really excited to see Laborn take the field in Jacksonville against Boise State. Fisher, what do you got?
3: I mean, I think really for me it's just kind of the the bounce back for Florida State as a program. Um I think everyone still has a reasonable amount of uh, optimism towards Willie Taggart. His ability to, to coach Florida State to a high level and get back to that standard of, you know, 10, 11 uh, win seasons consistently. Um, but this year's about getting back to, to eight wins and, and nine wins, hopefully. Um, so I, I think really what interests me most is just this is Taggart's year to to prove, you know, if 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 he's really worth, you know, the hype that he had came in, in coming into Florida State, so you know, really just really just seeing kind of what Taggart's made of and and if he can do it here, I think that's that's the big question for me going into this year.
2: So, Sean, I, w- I want to get your take too on what's the most intriguing to you for the Knolls heading into
4: 2019. Well, for me, it has to be if the offensive line is going to be better or not, because um, I think you know even with you know Kendall Brown, I was coming in and bringing on his new system, you know James Blackman stepping at, stepping up as a starter. You know, having Caelan K- K- Laybourne and Cam Akers in the backfield, I don't think much of it will matter if the offensive line is what it was last year. You know, And I think that there is cause for optimism to expect it to be better this year. You know, they have four, four out of five new starters. Uh, Juwan Williams has recovered from his shoulder injury fully. Uh, Randy Clements has come in and, and kind of reinvigorated some confidence throughout the group and, and changed his method of teaching and focused on the details and getting them more used to running that spread, up-tempo system. Uh, so I think there's cause for optimism along the offensive line, but if it is as bad as last year or somehow it gets worse, you know, I think that could derail the entire season.
2: This kind of goes with the first question that I just asked you guys, but what are you looking to most from the Noles uh, whenever Florida State takes the field against Boise State as offensive line? Is it the defense and how they're going to look throughout the rest of the season? Uh, I, w- I want to ask Fisher this one. What are you looking to most uh, from the Knowles heading into their season opener against Boise State in Jacksonville?
3: Yeah, I mean, as Tashaun pointed out, like, the biggest question is the O-line because this season pretty much rides or dies with, with the performance of the O-line. But aside from that, I think what I'm really looking for is, uh, you know, Florida State was one of the most heavily penalized teams in the country last year. And then not even penalties, but just, you know, mental mistakes – Mental errors, so uh, special teams mistakes, which Florida State should never have bad special teams. Um, so, w- what I'm really looking for is is can this team eliminate the mental errors, the false starts, the illegal formations, the illegal substitutions, just the stuff that that kills you. And you don't have to have a good, you don't have to have talent to to avoid uh, those mental errors. So. Um, I think that's huge for this team this year. Is just getting rid of those those mistakes that that are avoidable and that can really cost you a game.
4: So, Sean, what do you have on that? Uh, I, w- I want to see how the new three four defense looks. I know they they've been calling it multiple, multiple, multiple throughout all fall camp, but I mean, <laughs> you look at the depth chart. It's a three yeah. four, it's three port based defense. You know, I want to see you know how the guys working in their new edge linebackers role adjust to it. See, you know, if, if Leonard Warner, third, he's been somebody that's been impressive throughout camp along with Janarius Robinson, but, but neither one of those guys are, are very known for getting after the quarterback. So seeing if what they've shown in practice actually translates to the game, you know, and, and allows them to create some pressure. You know, I think that they'll go a long way to defensive success this year. Cause I know they're, they're very deep, obviously at both linebacker and, and a defensive back, but you know, it's kind of hard to hang on to those plays once they extend the five, six, seven, eight seconds, you know, so mm-hmm. they, they have to get after them this year.
2: Yeah. I'm interested to see how Barnett is going to run this defense. Definitely in the season opener, uh, Dustin, uh, I want to get your take on this too. What are you most looking forward to, uh, to see from the Noles and just the season opener alone?
1: Yeah, just kind of adding on to what Tashawn said about the three, four defense. I'm really excited to see the the middle of that defensive line with Corey Durden, Robert Cooper and Marvin Wilson, man in the middle, because I mean, <clears throat> that's just a whole lot of mass inside and it should be exciting to see how they can plug up offenses
2: on Tuesday uh, this morning while recording this uh, James Blackman uh, well he was named the starter on Sunday evening uh, but uh, he talked about today at practice you know he put on a little bit of weight uh, he feels more comfortable uh, and uh, he kind of he didn't say anything after he was named the starter uh, DJ Matthews wide receiver is roommates with uh, blackman and Matthews also got to talk to media and he said you know James Blackman just Came home after he got the news. Went into his room and played music. And DJ Matthews said, "Yep, I knew he was a starter." Uh, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. But they're two. They were. Those two are very close to each other. You know, DJ Matthews talked very highly about Blackman last year. But uh, uh, just going back to Blackman, what do you guys expect from him uh, heading into his first ever season opener? Uh, to Sean, do you want to start?
4: Yeah, I can start with that. Um, I mean, I, I actually expect. Blackman have a pretty big year this year, Um, you know, given kind of what I said earlier about the offensive line. But I think, you know, kind of that year off, you know, maybe obviously he wanted to be out on the field. But I think that year can be valuable as far as him being able to take the time to learn that spread offense and get used to it without taking all those hits that DeAndre Francois took while he was starting a quarterback. Um, You know, I think he's somebody that's proven in the past, you know, when he was much younger and much lighter that he could perform at this at this level. You know, as a freshman, I know he, he was a little bit sporadic with his accuracy at times, and he kind of had a tendency to make mistakes. But I think he had a pretty admirable season, especially for somebody that was kind of just thrown into the fire there. Yeah, you know, I think he'll be much improved over what he was then. You know, he'll, he'll still make his mistakes. I, I do think he is a guy that kind of you know loves, likes to push his luck a little bit. You know, if he sees an opening, he'll he'll force it a little bit if if, it, if it's there. Um, so that may lead him to a costly interception too, two. But I, I do think he'll be more efficient. I think he'll take care of the ball a little bit better. I think he'll be able to push the ball down the field and. and make plays in space, which is what Kendall Browse is trying to do.
2: Do you think, Tashawn? do you think he fits better in this offense than DeAndre did? I know we saw DeAndre have a little bit of some struggles last year, but that also I think was a problem with his injury and coming back from it and not wanting to pull around the pocket and whatnot. But do you think Blackman might fit better uh, with Kendall Browse in this offense for the Knowles this year?
4: I think so. I mean, just from the standpoint of – You know, DeAndre Francois, one of his biggest issues last year was just an unwillingness to run, you know, until probably the last couple games of the season. I think he started to do it a little bit more often. Um, And then he just kind of struggled with making those zone reads in the running game. Mm -hmm. You know, as I said, I think Blackman will be comfortable with that, having a year to learn it. Um, And then know with the adjustments that Browse has made since he's come in, you know, he's had, like I said, since the spring to to adjust to his system specifically. And the difference is there. Um, and I think he's, you know, he's not Michael Vick or anything, but he's a fairly mobile quarterback. You know, He's somebody that's on a willingness, willingness to run in the pass, and he's somebody that the defense will have to respect. You, know, you can't just automatically you know, assume he's handing it off every time, whereas well, that was something with, with Francois last year. That's kind of why the, the zone read game didn't really work too well. And so I, I think just from that standpoint, it will be a better fit.
2: Dustin, give me your take on James Blackman getting his first uh, season opener start.
1: Yeah, I'm really excited to see Blackman take the field with the starters. I mean, obviously, something we talked about last year on the podcast a lot was whether he should have taken over that starting job from Francois, but obviously, Taggart stuck with the veteran throughout the season. So, in, in his first start, I really do think Blackman's going to impress. I mean, he's got the confidence, he's got the arm strength, and what what Francois didn't really think um, what I didn't think Francois really had behind him last year was the support of the entire team, and Blackman definitely has that with his uh, leadership abilities.
2: You know, I think that's a good note, too. I think this team is going to fight <clears throat> a lot harder uh, for him than they did with under Francois. They trust James Blackman, and they know that uh, he loves them. He talked about it today uh, to the media. He was like, you know, the team, team loves me, and they know Jay Black loves them. Uh, so they're, they're going to fight from definitely the offensive line. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get to that in a minute. But, Fisher, go on and give me your thoughts on James Blackman and getting his first start here in Duval season opener.
3: Yeah, man. Uh, super excited to see James Blackman as a starter for this year. Um, I, I love the guy's response to being named the starter. Just, you know, he's excited, but at the same time, he he's really been coming for what's his. I, I think ever since uh, going back to last Uh, off season in the winter when he uh, you know started to file the paperwork to to go into the portal and then Taggart talked him out of it and then uh, ultimately francois was dismissed i think i think ever since that moment you know it it was his it was his right um to be the starting quarterback here and um he said today you know he never really knew that he was a starter but i think he's always just he just is a guy with such supreme confidence and so i think when he finally got that news from coach Biles and coach taggart that that he was the guy it was just kind of like yeah I am like, this is my job. And so I love his response, you know, just playing cool. Uh, and and it's super exciting. Just, you know, like you mentioned guys today talking about like, we love, we love black. Uh, I I think it was a baby on Johnson talk today, just about, you know, everybody loves that guy. And, and like you said, Dustin, or not Dustin, uh, Logan, they're going to go fight for that guy. So, you know, just the, the, just the intangible side of it. Um, just so much confidence there. And, uh, this is, this is, just his dream to, to be the starting quarterback of Florida state, but looking at just like his skill set too, I, I think he's a good fit for this offense because um, you know, Kendall Bryles likes to, likes to throw it deep. And, and we've seen ever since his first start at, at Florida state in 2017 against NC state that he really can throw a really, a really nice deep ball uh, places it well and has good arm strength. Um, and I think he's going to have confidence. We, he's also a very athletic guy. You know, he, he doesn't, necessarily look like it with that really long lengthy frame like he had run really well but but we've seen we've seen at times he can he can take off and make make plays uh what sticks out in my mind that the spin movie had his his first start against since he stayed in 2017 uh he did fumble in that play so it <laughs> didn't work out well but, but he's shown that he has ability and that he can do it so uh, also, really? just know the kind of coach that Bryles is uh, and the guys that he's that he's coached before. Um, excited to see, to see James Blackman as the starter this year.
2: Yeah, and like Tashawn mentioned a little bit earlier, too, I am kind of worried that he'll try to do too much, but I think he'll learn from those things kind of early on, too, which will be nice, hopefully. Uh, Boise State last year scored an average of 35 points per game. That's 20th out of the 130 teams in the FBS. Uh, can Florida State's defense cause some havoc? You know, Boise State is going to start their true freshman uh, Hank. Go ahead. What's the uh, last name Fisher? Since you've been telling us Bachman. <laughs> Bachmeyer. <laughs> uh, he's going to be starting. Yeah, he's going to be starting Saturday uh, against uh, Florida State's defense. There. Can uh, what is their uh, what is the defense going to have to do to, in order to uh, give him some havoc in his first game? That's both Blackman and him. That'll be their first uh, season opener starts. Uh, I'll give it a t- to Sean first. How is that defense from Florida State uh, going to take care of that quarterback?
4: Well, I think it's, it's a little difficult to prepare for him just because you don't have that you know typical film or game tape that you will with a quarterback maybe that had played at least a year in the past. But, I mean, now as we saw with, with Miami recently with Jaron Williams, you, know, you can't necessarily – I know he's a redshirt freshman, but you can't just write off a freshman quarterback mm-hmm. and say they're going to be a deer in the headlights. Sometimes, sometimes those guys come out poised and play really well. And I think something that will be on his side is – James Boys. <laughs> <laughs> and I know Boise State has pretty much returned their entire offensive line as well. Um, and so kind of, as I mentioned earlier, with that new 3-4, then being able to get after and pressure them and, and kind of route them a little bit is going to be really crucial. Because, um, you know, I mean, Florida State, they do have a strong you know, set of cornerbacks and safeties, but as I said, you know, th- they, the longer you get that quarterback, I don't, I don't care if they're a freshman or a senior, they're going to find an opening eventually, you know, so you have to be able to get back there and create some pressure. And I, I think they will be able to, even though, as I said, Boise State returned their offensive line. Um, but I, I would say that's the biggest factor, probably. What do
1: you got, Dustin?
4: Yeah,
1: I really think the key will be Florida State limiting Boise State's running game and forcing Bachmeier to make plays with his arm. I mean, the, the Broncos – um, top returning rusher in 2019 had only 163 yards all of all of last year so there's definitely a lot of inexperience in their backfield and i think florida state's experience in the front seven especially the talent in that front seven will go a long way in shutting down that running game
2: fisher Gibra Atkins, you're up go ahead
3: <sighs> there it is. I was <laughs> yeah, waiting for it. I was um, going to
2: stop. I had to come out of nowhere on you. I thought,
3: I thought we were past it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> You're yeah, a graphic
2: designer. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, well, I mean, this... Bachmar is a talented kid. Uh, I believe he was a four-star coming out of high school. Uh, top ten kind of guy. A uh, made in appearance at the Elite 11. Um, had SEC offers. So, I know this is Boise State. They're not necessarily, you know, an elite college football program but you know Boise State's a a good program and Bachmeyer I think is a is a good quarterback if not yet he will be um so you don't want to take him lightly at all um but I mean he's a true freshman at the end of the day and and it is tough not being able to prepare for him really but um kind of like Dustin mentioned too they don't really have a a running back back there that that has a whole lot of um I guess uh experience or or uh, production so um I mean, I don't, I don't know that r- the run game is much of a factor as well. Just kind of with the guys you have in the middle. So, um, man, I, I think you really got to make make him throw the ball. And if the if, if the true freshman can beat you throwing the ball against uh, Asante Samuels and, and Stanford Samuels, then 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 they probably deserve to win. So, uh, getting pressure on him and making him throw the ball. Um, I think should be the game plan, uh, trying to get him as uncomfortable as possible.
2: i like to, Sean mentioned just uh, before this too, Florida State's offensive line will face Boise State's offensive line that is bringing everyone back. Uh, I want to know from you guys, though, with this game in particular, which position group will you be keeping an eye on the most on Saturday?
1: Dustin, you want that one? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's a cop-out answer, but it's got to it's got to be the offensive line after the way they performed last year. I mean, we've seen we've seen some crazy stats. I mean, what was it? Florida State had, I think it was two total yards before game before contact on the ground in, in 2018. Yeah. So, really, the I, I mean, I I can't even speak on on how poorly the offensive line played last year. I've I've never really seen anything. <laughs> no quite like it I, <laughs> I mean,
2: we try to all erase our minds from it and it's just horrid to see and i've kind of done that but if you just go back and just look at some of the plays that were being made and if you just sit down and watch it's very it really haunts you
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean obviously we've gotten some clarification on some of those things um to sean mentioned juan williams he had that shoulder injury that's plagued him throughout his career he's finally laid back and healthy and then some of the other guys have also just taken a step forward under Randy Clement since he joined the staff so I'm really excited to see how the offensive line comes out in Jacksonville and you know I hope it doesn't end with 10 sacks like Miami had in their first game.
2: Fisher do you want to take this one?
1: Yeah
3: um, I mean like Dustin said offensive line no-brainer but aside from them um, I'm looking at the running backs I'm looking at Cam Akers and, and Kaylin Uh Dustin mentioned how that's kind of a storyline uh, you know looking looking at Caleb Laybourne and, and can he uh, make that comeback and be fully confident in his leg and his knee and his abilities. Um, but I think there's also a little bit of a storyline with Cam Akers. Um, we saw him last year take a step back from uh, from his freshman season. and and I mean, understandably so, just looking at, at what he was running behind. But there were times last year where uh, he didn't necessarily help himself out either um not really you know working within the confines of the offense and what it was designed to do and really kind of just trying to rely on his own athleticism to make plays and so um i think that's kind of a big deal is is can layborn be confident in his knee and, and his, in his in his playmaking ability and can makers play within the offense and and you know it's it's hard to trust those guys after last year but at the same time, can you trust those guys to do their jobs? Um, we'll see if they'll do it. But, um, you know, maybe just playing a little bit more inside what the offense is designed to do, uh, I think will help them out a little bit. So I'm looking at those two guys and, and looking at what they can do.
2: Sean, I can already kind of guess about what your answer is going to be for this one. But which position group are you looking forward to most uh, on Saturday?
4: I'll, I'll mix it up a little bit. I'll, I'll go with specialists. Um, okay. I don't want to give anything away too much Uh i'm expecting it to be a pretty close game um and so i think you know if whether it's ricky aguayo not been able to bounce back from having a rough year last year or logan tyler who's been pretty consistent you know if he shanks a punt or if the kick return and punt coverage teams are as bad as they were last year they're pretty awful you know, i think special teams is going to play a big big factor in the outcome of this game you know as, as, as i said it's going to if it's come down to the wire You know, Ricky Aguayo is somebody who I think he only connected on 11 to 17 kicks last season, and he started out one for four, so he started the season really rough as well, and they can't really afford for that to happen this time around.
2: Kendall Briles mentioned today before practice that FSU is pretty healthy on that side of things uh, heading into their season opener. Uh, Marvin Wilson, Tamarion Terry, and Joshua Kando, who are some big stars uh, for that 2019 team, uh, dealt with some time away from uh, practice dealing with injuries. Uh, which player to you guys is most important for the Knolls on Saturday facing Boise State? Will it be Tamarion Terry, will it be Marvin Wilson, or Joshua Kanda? You have those three guys to pick from. I'll let Fisher take this one first. Uh,
3: well, you know, those guys have all have all missed time in camp, and there's questions just about, I mean, not, not really not really questions, but maybe just concerns about what kind of shape they're in just because they missed a substantial time during camp. Um, Kendo is listed as the backup to Janarius Robinson. Uh, you know, I haven't really seen the practice, so I'm, I'm not really sure if that's due to just Janarius is just the better player or if it's just because Kando's been out and they're trying to you know be careful. I'm not sure what that's about, but... Just considering that he's that he's second team for now, I'm looking at Marvin Wilson as your most important player. Uh, Boise State's returning all five starting linemen from last year. They got a lot of good, a lot of solid guys on the O line. Uh, so you're really going to count on Marvin Wilson to, to wreak some havoc and uh, hopefully get in the backfield a couple times if we're lucky. Uh, just because you know pressuring Bachmeyer is such a big deal. So uh, I think I know what Terry is. I think I know what what kind of player he is, and I and I know that he's going to do his thing. So. Uh, really, just relying on Marvin Wilson to, to wreak some havoc and, and, like I said, just kind of put a lot of fear into,
2: into Bachmeyer. To Sean, what do you think?
4: I'll have to go with Marvin Wilson as well. Um, I think he's the least replaceable of the three. Um, I think Janarius Robinson can, can do do a pretty good job of shoring up for, for Joshua Kane, though, and even DeMar Gaynor if he was called upon in a situation. And I think with, with the wide receiver group, I think they maybe. Well, they are the deepest offensive position, I would say. Uh, Warren Thompson is somebody who, watching practice, he's been very impressive, and he's who would step into that role if Tamarion Terry was to, you know, not be able to to finish the game or or if he's not ready to go come game time. That's that's who it would be. He's built built very similarly to Terry, you know, about 6'3, 200 pounds or so. Very good, deep threat, good hands. He's improving his consistency a lot. He's gotten a lot confident over last year after a red shirt, and he kind of had a down moment, but he's bounced back from that. But I don't think they can really afford to not have Marvin Wilson there in the middle. Um, you know, if he's out, it's probably Cedric Wood. You know, I know he was somebody that was, obviously, a Tallahassee native and somebody that was very highly talented coming out of high school, but I don't think he's, it's fair to say that he's Marvin Wilson. Um, and, and, you know, I think especially with them kind of having questions coming off the edge, you know, having having Wilson in there to kind of create that internal pressure and get after that freshman quarterback will be pretty easy.
2: Dustin, what is your take on that? Also,
1: yeah, I mean, Fisher and Tashawn pretty much hit it on the head. I mean, it's it's got to be Marvin Wilson. This is this is going to be Florida State's first game since having to having to replace uh, star pass rusher Brian Burns, who went to the NFL following the 2018 season. So Wilson is really the main, the the most experienced veteran returning on on the defensive line. So it's going to be big to have them in the middle of that unit.
2: Now we're just kind of having some fun here before we get to predictions. I promise you we're going to get there. Uh, which skill players will break out in 2019? You know, an example, you have Warren Thompson. We had Trayshawn Harrison a little bit last year. We saw some flash in Kayshawn Hilton, Cameron McDonald tied in, which skill player is going to break out for Florida state in the 2019 season Florida state has a lot of talent, uh, definitely in the skill position. I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that are in that wide receiver unit, uh, even that defensive backfield, but like a skill player wise, uh, which guy is going to break out the most? I'm going to give this to Fisher.
3: Well, Keyshawn Helen is the guy that came to mind. Um, you know just with the, the intensity that he brings every single day and and the just his ability to create plays and um do his thing but uh the wide receiver room is so deep this year that uh, it, I mean besides Terry I, I think you know Keyshawn Helton's going to be splitting reps with Treshawn and DJ and uh a few other a few other guys so um My pick for this year, kind of a breakout candidate, is is Kalen Laybourne. Um, Just going back to him again, kind of already speaks to to the ability that we all think that he has. Um, I think there's there's real potential him right here. Excuse me. I think there's real potential this season for him to get a lot of carries, a lot of touches, uh, and and if he can stay healthy and and have confidence in his knee, um, he's a really special player, and that was evident just on. It only took one play last year for us to see the kind of ability that he has not not to mention what he did in the spring game two years ago uh and this year as well so um really looking at him to be a big time playmaker for the knolls this year
2: dustin who do you think is going to be
1: the breakout uh skill player for the knolls in 2019 um out of this group we have listed i'm going to go with redshirt freshman warren thompson uh thompson took over the majority of the first team reps after Tomorrow, Ontario went down with his uh, minor injury during fall camp. And, I mean, he, he looked really impressive from what we got to see out of him at practice and in the videos and reports and such. I mean, he was making catches all over the field. He, was, he arguably looked like the best wide receiver on the roster. So if Keith Gavin comes out early in the season and doesn't impress for the Seminoles, I think he's got to be looking over his shoulder because Thompson's coming for a spot.
2: So, Tashawn, this is gonna be uh, doesn't even have to be on the list. To I know we mentioned Thompson, Harris, and Hilton mm-hmm. and McDonald. This is gonna be any skilled player, but for the twenty nineteen season, who you got?
4: Uh, it, it would also have to be Layborn for me. I would say um, okay. I kind of did a big feature on him this summer, and mm-hmm. kind of with his recovery, you know, he, he had. A, a lot of mental struggles as well, as long as the physical, physical struggles, but I think he's somebody that's really sort of just chomping at the bit to get after it. You know, I, I think he's clearly number two behind Cam Akers, but I think you know, throughout practice, something that they've integrated are our, our two running back sets, kind of like pistol sets. Um, and then also, obviously, as he showed last year, he's a weapon in the passing game. But I guess also as a dark horse, kind of, and maybe not, not so much of a dark horse because I highly touted he was coming out of high school. I think Akeem Dent on defense. You know, I, I don't think he's... I wouldn't expect him to start, um, but I think he's somebody that you can see pretty much all over the field, whether it's a cornerback, boundary safety, or field safety. I think he's somebody that's going to be rotating in pretty often with the starting lineup and can make an impact as a freshman.
2: We're getting near the end here. Uh, We're going to start doing some MVP stuff. Uh, At the end of the season, who will be Florida State's Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, So We saw flashes last year on offense. From Tamarion Terry. He blew up. We're expected to, and a lot of fans are expecting to see a big season from him. Uh, Jaden Woodby from last year. Uh, maybe we could be looking at Marvin Wilson this year, who, you know, he does his job, but is he going to have a massive year where he's going to be a nationwide uh, guy? Uh, to you guys, you can list them first offensive, defensive. Who is going to be those guys this year that we're going to be talking about all throughout the season and, and is going to earn those MVP? Uh, names. I'll give this one to Fisher. And actually, you know what? I'm gonna give it to Dust. I'm be giving too many to you, Fisher. Right away. I'm sorry. <laughs> kind of bullying he's gonna, you.
3: I, he's gonna take gonna both. Surprise. He's gonna take both of mine. I bet you,
2: you. You haven't done the header graphics yet, so I'm just really pissed tonight, off tonight. So.
3: <laughs> tonight. I think you've done tonight.
2: I'll give this one to Dustin. He's been re- he's been waiting to talk about this one all
1: week long. All right. Um, So I I honestly, I kind of feel like my first one is a cop-out answer. I'm going to go with James Blackman as Florida State's Offensive Player of the Year. And I mean, I just want to say that I think Blackman is going to have one of the the better seasons for a Florida State quarterback in recent memory. And in saying that, I just want to say it will be the best statistical year since Jameis Winston won the Heisman for a Florida oh, State quarterback. So we're going to border. I, like <laughs> I promise you, no one's
2: doing drugs on this show. I know it's your first time on, but nobody's doing drugs. But that's what's going well, on. You know, let me let me talk to Dustin. This is a podcast. We can do this. We're not on radio. But let me talk to you, Dustin, because I've been high on Blackman for probably well over a year and a half now, two years. And y'all used to give me so much crap about Blackman, and y'all said, "Up, oh, DeAndre's better in this offense." Or DeAndre's better than Blackman overall. He's gonna work the offense better. But what what's changed kind of, you know, from last year? Because I saw you flip a whole one eighty about DeAndre. What's kind of made you feel pretty confident in James Blackman?
1: I would just say the the kid himself is, has made me a believer, just with the, the hard work that he he puts in every day, the the confidence he exudes in, in interviews, and just the the leadership factor as well. I mean he really just just seems like the perfect guy to, to lead this team both on and off the field. So I can't wait. Defensively, then, you got – yeah, go ahead. I'm going to go with Jaden Lars-Woodby. Mm. Just because I, I really think Jaden is just such a freak in there at linebacker. I mean, he's really, he's really a defensive back in a linebacker's body. So his athleticism and the instincts he brings to the table – are only going to be amplified in, in year two of the system.
2: I and going, and going back to Blackman and picking him too, I know James Blackman spoke up during the team meeting and said, you know, everybody get off their phones. We're not doing social media this year. And I haven't seen any of that, that really as much. You know, there's a few play, players that are hiding a little bit of it, but I haven't seen, it hasn't <laughs> been this intense, if I'm being honest, since 2013, 2014, they got back on a blah after they won the national championship. But it hasn't been this intense where you're not seeing tweets, you're not seeing Instagram. Like it's pretty. He's done a pretty good job uh, not allowing his teammates on her. Or they. Uh, what I think more of it is though is that they they want to make. I don't know. They just want to make him proud, and you know that's their leader on the team, and they're going to listen to him. Uh, and that's what they did when Jameis Winston was there in 2013. And I think you know and I'll keep on saying it. James Blackman has that leadership. Uh, attribute to him that Jameis Winston did Uh, I'm not going to say that they're the same on the field for sure before I get blasted on Twitter but as a leadership (laughs) material those two are just alike in my opinion and if James Blackman shows out on the field too that just amps it up even more and even more those guys are going to do a lot for him but I'm going to go and leave I'm going to send this to to Tashaun now who's your offensive and defensive player of the year for the Knowles in 2019
4: for offense, I'm going to have to go with On Terry. I think he's going to have a huge year this year. Um, I think he'll probably be the biggest beneficiary of Kendall Browse coming on board. And I think something last year that, you know, as electric as he was and explosive as he was, something that was kind of frustrating probably for fans to see was, you know, it seemed like he wouldn't get targeted for long stretches of the game. You know, maybe Boston mm-hmm. College game was a good prime example of that. You know, he was like, why aren't they throwing the ball to tomorrow and Terry? And then he catches it. The- 80-yard game-winning touchdown out of nowhere. Uh, I think Kendall is going to make it a point to get him the ball more often this year. You know, and I think he'll easily sail over, and you know, giving he stays healthy, over 1, yards a thousand yards this season. I can see him threatening around ten touchdowns receiving this year. Uh, so I, I think he'll be probably their most explosive player offensively, and ultimately their best player offensively. Uh, defensively, I don't know if I already mentioned him before, but I think it's going to be Marvin Wilson. You know, I think he has the potential to be an, an All-American caliber player this season you know i think this will be his first year obviously coming in as, as the starter right away you know last year the numbers that he put up were impressive and, and thing is he only had five starts so i think starting every game this season i think he can put up some freakish numbers this year and and be a force there in the middle
2: i picked marvin wilson last year too and i think he has a pretty decent year this year. uh coming into 2019 too even if he had dealing with some injuries. Throughout the camp, I think he's just a freak. He's a freak of nature, and he's going to cause a lot of problems. And I think having some big boys like Durden and also Cooper there will help execute, getting a lot more sacks. Fisher, give me your take on who's going to be the offensive and defensive player for the Noles this year.
3: So I'm going to steal from Dustin, and I'm going to steal from Um
2: Offense,
3: I got to go. Well, I'll say this first. I love the pick, the Terry pick. Um, and just kind of the idea that, that he is going to have a big year under Kendall Bryles. Uh Just want to throw this in there. Corey Coleman in 2015 under Kendall Bryles had 20 touchdowns. Um, so I'm not saying he's going to have 20 touchdowns this year, but <laughs> but am going to see number 15 score a lot of touchdowns this year is all I'm saying. Um, so I love that. But I, I got to go James Blackman. Um, just from an on-field point of view and and the off-field, there's really no better player that, that could lead this team this year – this guy deserves it, and he and he's going to do a great job. Um, just so much potential there with the arm that he has and the ability that he has to throw the ball down the field. Um, and it, if it's really going to come down to his decision making, I think just because he kind of has that gunslinger mentality, a lot of times, kind of what Jameis had uh, in in 2014, where he wants to make all these big plays and it ends up uh, ends up making a lot of mistakes. So the key for James Blackman this year is to limit the, the mistakes and, and be careful with the ball um, and not try to force too many plays. Um, but as, as long as he trusts his coaching and, and trust coach Biles, uh, and then just trust, you know, his own ability, I think he's going to have a huge year, uh, this year and put up a lot of numbers. And, uh, I mean, I don't think it's too hard to have the best st- statistical year since James Winston, considering that your other starting quarterbacks, <laughs> Everett Golson, Sean McGuire, and, and DeAndre Francois. So, uh. Uh-huh. I think he can definitely do it, and I and I love that.
1: Uh, Trying to make it seem bold, man. <laughs> <laughs> he called um, you out.
3: <laughs> yeah. So going to the defensive, defensive side of the ball, uh, it's got to be Marvin Wilson for me. Marvin Wilson is is not only uh, you know your best deep, he's not only your best defensive player, he's your best player on the team, uh, in my opinion, and he's one of the best players in the country uh, on the side of, on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, truly a dominant player. Uh, truly a leader um, and and just as the guy that's going to make that whole defense run uh, at least that front seven Uh, and you're really going to count on him this year if if that pass rush can't come along uh, to really just anchor that line and and uh, and, uh, set the tone for 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 the defense Um, so those are my two guys James Blackman and Marvin Wilson are going to be MVPs for the 2019
2: season and and it's also worth mentioning too you said Marvin Wilson as a leader you know it's It's shown now that he's such a big leader on that side of the ball and as a team as a whole. uh, The captains were announced on Monday. Uh, Offensive, of course, James Blackman, no shock there. Uh, Defensively, Marvin Wilson, like Fisher said, and also uh, Ricky Aguao uh, for special teams. Last three questions here. We're going to run through them. What is, uh, how, is Florida, or how does Florida State win this game against uh, the Broncos and Duval? How can they get away with the win? Get Florida State on a 1-0 and start. Get Taggart, get the team feeling, uh, start believing a little bit more maybe, uh, and get the fans all happy whenever they come back to Florida State the next uh, weekend in Doak. Uh, to Sean, do you want to start this one off?
4: Yeah, I can start it off. Okay. Um, I would say the biggest thing that they have to do is, is not get in their own way. Um, I th- think they have a pretty sizable margin of error, just because they have such a stark, you know, talent advantage, and it's essentially a home game for them. You know, Boise State's pretty much coming all the way across the country to play this game, mm-hmm. and meanwhile, Florida State's two hours from their, their home stadium. But um, I think, like I said earlier, those special teams mistakes. You know, James Blackman can't can't make those mistakes of forcing unnecessary passes and unnecessary turnovers. You know, Ricky Aguayo can't cost them any points. You know, on field goals or extra points. Um, And something also, you know, last year was just, I think we've kind of spoken to it with just all the penalties, you know, whether they were alignment penalties or unnecessary pass interference penalties or blocking in the back on one of DJ Matthews' 50-yard punt returns, you know, and wiping those off. Just doing the things that, that Boise State has no influence over and they're just shooting themselves in the foot. They just have to avoid those sorts of mistakes.
2: Fisher, what is your take on this? How is Florida State going to win this game? Is it mentally? Is it what they're doing on the field? What do you think uh, gets this win for Florida State and Willie Taggart?
3: So, yeah, I completely agree with Tashawn and his take about it's really going to come down to Florida State, whether or not they get in their own way. Um, Florida State clearly has the the talent advantage here. Um, Just when you compare, you know, on paper these two teams – um we don't know which which is a better team exactly but um you know florida state has the ability to do it Um, and it's really going to come down to um mistakes mental errors uh penalties avoidable penalties um and also getting out to a fast start uh i'm a little nervous if this team can't get out to a strong start and maybe if boise state scores early and, and florida state struggles you know, there's been so much anticipation building towards this season and this game, really, just because everyone really feels... That, I mean, going back, I mean, this is, the, this is the most important game really in a long time for Florida State, just just with everything, you know, kind of going on the past couple of years. So uh, I think everyone kind of feels that, and I think the players feel that. And so the, I think they're really going to try to press and, and make a big impact early, um, which, which could wind up in mistakes and frustration. And so, if For some reason, Boise State gets out to an early lead and, and Florida State can't move the ball. I'm just I'm a little nervous uh, uh, for that game if that were to happen. but I, I think if Florida State comes out level headed and focused and do what they need to do, uh, you know eliminate turnovers and, and, and stupid penalties, I think they're gonna be fine. Uh, I think it'll be a close game and they're gonna have to battle, but um, I feel really good about the odds if, if they can do those two things.
2: Dustin, I'm giving it to you. How does Florida State win this game?
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I think turnovers have a potential to make a big impact on the game, especially if the rain starts falling in Jacksonville on Saturday night. I mean, <clears throat> last year, Boise State was tied for number nine in the country with a plus-11 turnover margin, and they turned the ball over just just 13 times all season, though they did have a, a senior quarterback of the offense, not a true freshman. On the other end, Florida State was just dreadful with turnovers – a seventh, seventh worst in the nation with a negative 11 margin, which is a difference of, of 22 turnovers last season between FSU and Boise State. That's that's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. So Florida State needs to take care of the ball. And on the other end, it seemed like last year, the defense could just never recover a fumble. I remember so many yeah. – I remember the defense forcing so many fumbles and then just never <laughs> being able to get on the ball and get the turnover. So I'm looking for the defense to force a few turnovers against the Broncos.
2: Well, we're finally here. We're gonna get to the score predictions. Florida State is going to be uh, playing the Boise State Broncos on this Saturday, August thirty-first. They're gonna be playing on ESPN at seven PM prime time. And Duvall, we finally made it. We finally get to start doing some score predictions. It's been a long off season, uh, a lot of storylines, uh, but I think it's time we go ahead and do some score predictions. I don't know who to give this one to first. But I think I want to give it to Fisher. Fisher, you're going to be at the game, right?
3: Yeah, I'll be at the game. Okay.
2: All right. So I'm going to go ahead and let you have this one first. Give me your score prediction for Florida State season opener against Boise State.
3: Yeah, so um, pretty much only been thinking about this as soon as you brought up the question. Awesome.
2: Uh, Great. <laughs> perfect. Even, you know, <laughs> college <laughs> students. Is, uh, college students. To go. Unreal. Uh,
3: yeah, I mean, I got to give Florida State the win in this game. Um, I don't think they're gonna put up a ton of points. Um, I don't think Boise State's gonna put up a ton of points, but um, you'll see some offense. So I'm gonna go Florida State
2: 20, uh, Boise State 17. You said Florida State 20, Boise State 17? No, 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 no,
3: no. Florida State 24, Boise. <laughs> okay, okay. It was
2: bugging <laughs> out there. It bugged out. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Sorry. This. That Mississippi State, State, State. Wi-Fi isn't, yeah. isn't <laughs> up to par. We'll go count faster.
2: Once Dan Mullen left, y'all's Wi-Fi really started falling apart.
3: Yeah, he took all the cables with him. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Tashaun, to, <laughs> to give me your score
4: prediction, man. What do you got? I'll go uh, 27-23 Florida State. Um, I think it'll be a – like like you said, I don't think it'll be a super high-scoring game. Um. You know, I, I think it'll be a one possession game going into the fourth quarter. Um, but I'll, I'll ultimately have Florida State pulling away and winning.
2: Dustin, go right ahead. And if you're wrong, you're going to get blasted.
4: Yeah, well, you've kind of got
1: me questioning my score prediction now. But I've got Florida State coming out on top over Boise State, uh-huh. 38 to 24. Mm. I think we're going to see a, a pretty closely contested first half. And and probably halfway or so into the third quarter before Florida State's talent differential just really pulls away late in the game.
2: Wow, 38 points. You're feeling the Kendall Bryles effect?
1: Yeah, I think he's going to tip his tip his cap after the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, in my opinion, I'm going to go with Florida State. Uh, this has been tricky for me. It's been between 28 and 27. but I'm going to go Florida State 28 eight. Uh Boise State 24. Um I think I think Blackburn's gonna have some little small hiccups, but I think he's gonna have a nice night. Uh I just gotta see what happens with the defense. But I do think Florida State wins that game. That is by far a home game for Florida State. Florida State has one of its biggest booster uh, uh, towns there straight in Duval. So uh, I think Florida State's gonna have a nice night. I think they'll come away with the win and Florida State's gonna start the season off one and zero, and fans are gonna be happy and dope the next weekend.
3: Is a is is how close will the stadium be to a sellout do we think? Is uh, it it's not a sellout I wouldn't imagine, right? What are what are ticket sales looking like?
2: I don't I don't I haven't seen up on it. We need to ask
4: I think uh Florida State has sold like twenty four thousand the last time I checked. Ooh. Yeah, so we'll we'll
2: see. Maybe some people will be showing up or whatnot. Hopefully, this storm doesn't scare them off. Either way, we're screwed. We have to be there. Uh, last, <laughs> right? We'll, we'll have to be there anyways. Uh, last uh, question for all of us, uh, which everybody is so anticipating. I know all over Twitter they're tweeting. Oh, I want to know what here the Spear and Old Game Day, what their season predictions are. So here it is. You don't have to wait anymore. <laughs> don't have to wait anymore. We're Finally, gonna release it. Guys, what is y'all's season predictions? I'm going to give this one to to Sean because I know me and you kind of talked about it with the big three roll-up there on the FSU mm-hmm. panel. But uh, give me your season record prediction for the Florida State Seminoles and Willie Tiger.
4: Well, I've stayed consistent with it pretty much ever since I worked my, my state of the program piece earlier this summer. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with 8-4. and four. You know, I think really the only two games on the schedule where I, I don't see them winning you know, for sure are probably Clemson and I would say Florida. Enough fans probably be mad at me for the Florida one, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think pretty much, obviously, besides Louisiana, Monroe, and Alabama State, I think every other game is, is a toss up. You know, that, that kind of makes it difficult for it to pin down. You know, you can pretty easily talk yourself into 10 wins, but you could also <laughs> see them winning six wins again as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I just kind of fall right in the middle there at 84.
2: Dustin, you're up next.
1: Again, I, I just, I mean, I continue to agree with. To Sean, I mean, <laughs> I've got <laughs> I've got Florida State finishing eight and four as well. I think the two losses that are pretty much guaranteed are Clemson and Florida, and then I think um, the Seminoles will lose two games out of uh, their road trip to Virginia, Miami, Syracuse, and at Boston College. So two of those will be L's. Okay, you don't have Florida State and
2: like beating Clemson at all with like 38 <laughs> points or any score against Florida State, right? <laughs> Ask me Clemson game week after I see them play for five or six weeks <laughs> uh, I will then Fisher go ahead and give me your season record prediction I don't I'm gonna be interested if you go the same with them as eight and four
3: I'll uh well, just for the serious. sake of for the sake of being different, um, I'll switch it up a little bit. I feel really good about eleven and one. I'm just kidding. Uh,
2: uh, okay. <laughs> um, you do like being a little bit different. You are a different kind of <laughs> guy, but uh, we will we'll keep that to the put that to the side. Go ahead.
3: <laughs> I don't know what that means, but
2: uh, <laughs> uh, I
3: like this team.
2: I, I like eight and four. However,
3: um, four mm. injuries have just kind of been a, a little bit of a problem, uh, and so. I could see maybe if, if they were, you know, not not wishing this at all, and knock on wood, but if there were one or two injuries on the on the offensive line, uh, the depth just still is not there. So um, I think that costs you a game um, that you maybe shouldn't lose. Um, so I, I'm going to go with seven and five for this year. But I mean, I could see anything from nine and three to to six and six. So there's just there's just so many questions. Nobody knows really what's going to happen. But I'm going to go seven and five.
2: All right. I personally, I'm going to go with eight and four. I've been riding on it for almost like a few weeks now. Uh, I kind of been stuck on it, but I think the big part is, you know, you you have a quarterback. That's a huge leader. I, like I said earlier in this podcast, this team's going to fight for him a lot more than they did with DeAndre Francois. I like Randy Clements. I like the tandem of both Randy Clements and Kendall Briles coming in together. I think that's going to help the offensive line. I don't think it's going to boost it into something where like, holy smoke, smoke's a whole 180, but I think it's going to take a year or two, but I think you will see some improvement there. I think you'll see better play calls definitely from Kendall Browls. I think it was all over the place with Tiger trying to do different, uh, Uh, schemes and just the way that he was using his players in certain areas. I think they both have got, should be able to have now figured it out. Uh, Taggart's got some of his own players in. I'm kind of worried about the defense and how it's going to look this year. I'll be honest, but uh, we'll see how that starts against the season opener. Uh, I think you'll see some flashes from young guys. uh, Akeem Den, of course. Uh, I want to look to some of the younger linebackers that might um, show up like the load from Uh, McC- uh, McCray is a guy that I think uh, has the chance to play uh, in pretty early on in his career at Florida State. Uh, I want to look at that running back position group where both guys have chips on their shoulders. Kalen Laborn, like Deshaun mentioned in his article, you know he was you know kind of mentally all over the place and you know kind of felt down, uh, and now he's really wanted to come back uh, and play. You know he sat down. Uh, Jimbo Fisher didn't play him next year on uh, kick return he he messes up his knee pretty badly and he can't play that season so I think you see a pretty uh, pissed off running back unit uh, that's ready to set the mood uh, that's going to be strengthened and also uh, leaded by a quarterback that's ready to sling it I think they can read the defenses better and will actually pull up in the pocket and he's going to find the best targets for uh, Florida for the offense this season uh, if anybody has anything else, I don't think we do. That is going to do it for the podcast tonight. We previewed Boise State. We talked about some headliners going into the season. We pr- uh, predicted some players that we think will be MVPs, uh, and that's pretty much everything. To Sean, I'll,
3: I'll say one oh, thing real quick. It's it's so awesome that we've been we've been asked. Asking- and so many questions about this team and what this team's going to look like, and Saturday we're going to we're going to get some answers. So that's
2: exciting. Yeah, or we're just going to be look stupid and <laughs> or we're even.
3: all going to just jump off the bridge and.
2: <laughs> yeah, Jacksonville <laughs> does see you have next week. Yeah, and Jacksonville <laughs> have Jacksonville has some nice bridges, so we, that'll be right. Near us. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I, got, I
3: got a little dark. I apologize. I don't, <laughs>
2: <laughs> well Tashan, thank you so much for coming on here man we definitely got to get you on uh, later on in the season too
4: oh for sure just hit me up whenever
2: of course of course as always guys thank you so much for listening to the podcast you can listen to it on Google Play Spotify SoundCloud iTunes everywhere honestly um, you can follow us on Twitter at HearTheSpear. the spear you can always ask us questions or anything that you have that you would like us to talk about. Uh, We're finally made it. It's football season. We have a game on Saturday. Hope you guys, if you're going, make it there safely. Enjoy. And we will talk to you guys next week, recapping the game and uh, previewing Florida State's uh, home opener.